0: So, today we're going to talk about Habakkuk, which is one of the funniest names, uh, I just like the name Habakkuk, it sounds like tobacco to me, and I was telling somebody at a sh- shower thing we went to last night that I was teaching on Hezekiah, I don't know how that came out, I said Hezekiah, that's not even a book, I don't, I just, I used to joke about, well oh, that's Hezekiah 3-3, you know, no instruments or whatever. I don't know, whatever it was, but um, I don't know why that came out, Hezekiah, but Habakkuk today, come on in, welcome.
1: Well, you talked about him, he's a king. Hezekiah, Hezekiah yes, that's that right. He was in Job. I mean, was uh, there.
0: yeah, I mentioned him, yeah, that's right. He was
1: still
0: in there. It, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. I'm not just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> <sense> to me. <laughs> um... I don't know if anybody went to the faith at the farm and supper on the stream, but there is also liturgy on the lake, which is this evening. Does anybody know what time? I wouldn't say it was around 3 or 4. 3 or 4. It's going to be rainy at the lake. Um, I assume if you know about that, you know who to contact to go to that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have information. Jacob's not here. Okay, um... So Habakkuk today, three chapters. We're not going to read all of them together, but but large portions of them. But I want to start with um, a little bit about the date and the setting. So the thing about Habakkuk is it just starts. Let me get to the beginning of it. Um, it just says the prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. So it's not a lot of information. Uh, so we kind of have to guess from the content of the book what it is. Um, so the date may be around 612, when Babylon was on the horizon as a world power. That's because the Book of Habakkuk is talking about Babylon um, coming in and uh, wreaking havoc in Judah. So that would make it the same time as Nahum and Zephaniah, which are the books on either side of it. And sometime before the fall of Jerusalem to the Babylonians, so this is the the one date to remember, if you remember any dates from the Old Testament, is 586 B.C., because that's the date that the Babylonians come in and destroy Jerusalem. Uh, so that's kind of a key, big, huge event that we kind of use to date books based on how they talk about that. And Habakkuk, at least on the surface of it, is... Uh, wrestling with this idea that God is going to use the Babylonians to destroy the temple, to destroy God's people, uh, God's country. And so there are five sections to this book. Uh, So it starts off, Habakkuk complains to God about injustices being done within Judah. He's like, there's injustice going on, God. When are you going to do something about this? And then God says, well, I'm going to bring Babylon to punish you. And he's like, wait a minute, no, that's worse than we are. What? what are you, this is not a good plan. And then God says, well, I'm going to judge them as well. And so then we have this ending, and I, we're going to talk a lot about the ending and get your ideas about this. Um, I guess I'm at a place right now where I really don't like the ending, but... Um, I'm going get to your, get your take on that as well. I, I think I need to like the ending, but I don't really like it. <laughs> um, because it's basically, God's got this. It's just trusting that God is in control, God's got it, you got to have faith, that kind of message. So, I'd like for us to read some of this together, and then we'll, I'll stop at certain places, and then we'll discuss so, it um, starts out, How long, Lord, must I call for help but you do not listen? This is uh, from the, similar to the Psalms, uh, what we call lament Psalms. It's not really how long as, as much as, I mean, it is part of it, but it's really why. Why is this happening? Uh, how come you're not doing anything? Um, I cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked him and the righteous, so that justice is perverted. So Habakkuk starts off with this cry of lament, which is very common. One of the great things about the Psalms is that most of them, there's 150, which is a lot, and about 60% of them are laments. Mm. So, you know, I wish our song, probably in worship, had more laments. We had 60% laments. Maybe I'd like church better. <laughs> I don't like church now. But I don't like always being, everything's great, right? Yeah. So,
1: hey, Joel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, did David did a lot of the songs. Right? Yeah. Was, you think this was... It was, he did a lot of little songs. songs well, it's
0: a collection so it's hard to know who, where who, all it comes from. Okay. Are you saying is he influential on Yeah, history? I was wondering if this was
1: some of his songs that was under,
0: they think David might have yeah. spoken. Yeah, well I think there's a tradition, I mean this Habakkuk would be pulling on that whole tradition so it's pretty um, familiar whenever there's trouble going on to have that kind of
2: prayer language, maybe? Something like that? Some sort of standard prayer language? Yeah. George, I just wonder if maybe part of it is our propensity to complain as kind of subterfuge the lament. The like, we, we want to complain about it but not really acknowledge our own our participation in that or our own accusing charge. Because a lot of it when you read David, or when you read the you song know, sometimes you almost like, are they complaining, or are they they know, but why God? You know, it's there's there's that nuance there, and so I just wonder if we lean more on the complaining side, and so lament doesn't. So feel, are you saying there's a difference between complaining and what? I think there's a difference between complaining and lament. Like, <laughs> what's the difference? I'm lamenting all the time. <laughs> I guess it's the, the attitude, like, I, just the, uh, and maybe this is just a, this was an, I'm flushed off, off the top of your head, sorry. yeah, but I just wonder if, if, cause lamenting, so much of lamenting, there comes to be a resolution at the end, mm-hmm. Yeah. whereas with complaining, if you're complaining just to complain, you know, there is no, there is no resolution, there is no, you know, even a back, you know, I'm still gonna trust you guys. right, and with, with complaining, it's, you know, the world just needs to straight up. S- yeah. A definition: A
1: passion expression of grief or sorrow. That's Three. the man. That's the main. That's the
0: expression of sorrow. It there is no there is one psalm that has no positive thing at the end. And that's the one I usually go to. (laughs) I don't want any good, like, I'm. yeah, I trust you or anything. I don't want that. I just want the bad part. I want the complaining part. (laughs) Well, you want to know it's okay to... Yeah, but it does affirm that that's okay to pray that way. Yeah. That's a really good good thing to know. I did the same thing in church. I did the same thing today. I saw the little button. I thought I was going to the next chapter, and it started playing. (laughs)
1: Sorry.
0: Very dangerous. Okay, so the Lord answers. I like the the NIV gives the heading uh, to kind of how we outline the book. It may not be in all your translations, but... Um, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. I'm raising up the Babylonians. It may say um, Chaldeans, uh, alternate name for them that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth and seize dwellings not their own they are feared and dreaded people they are a law to themselves and promote their own honor their horses are swifter than leopards fiercer than wolves at dusk their cavalry gallops headlong so just a description of how bad they are terrible they are how uh, vicious they are Uh, very powerful so you can kind of tell that Habakkuk is a reflection on what does it mean that God uses wicked people? How does God use wicked people to do, to bring justice? Something like that. Um, So then Habakkuk says, Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. My Lord, You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? So he's starting to to bring this complaint that they're worse than we are. Um, Why are you using people who are less righteous, than we are to punish us. Um, he talks about you know, their paganism. They sacrifice to their net. So the net, the fishing imagery in the Old Testament is used often for judgment of how God is going to judge people like a fish getting caught up in a net. Um, is he to keep on emptying his net and destroying nations without mercy. So Habakkuk complains about using the Babylonians. And then he says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint or how he will respond to my complaint. There's a few difficulties in translation in this book. Um, So this Habakkuk is kind of about waiting, complaining, or lamenting, I should say, (laughs) and then waiting to see what's going to be the response. Um, Yeah. So then the Lord replied.
1: You know, he sounds like he's
0: not lamenting at that point. To me, he sounds like he's, he's like, you're not doing the right thing. Yeah. He's questioning, is that how you'd say it? Yeah. So he laments, then he gets an answer that he doesn't like. And he's Uh, like, "Yeah, now now I'm not lamenting, I'm just saying that. That's not right. Or you need to explain yourself, really. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like Job um, Mm -hmm. asking for a, a meeting with God to explain himself. So then God comes back and reveals that he is going to punish the Babylonians it um, says and there's this idea of waiting here in Habakkuk for the revelation awaits an appointed time it speaks of the end and will not prove false the translation there is difficult too but it's something like it um, doesn't mean it speaks of the end in the sense of what's going to happen at the end of time it's the purpose or the goal of what God is doing we'll, you kind of have to trust that there is a plan here that God is trying to bring about. Though it linger, wait for it; it will certainly come, and will not delay.
1: Mm.
0: How are you? Why are you waiting if it's not delay? I mean, no. I'm wondering. Though it linger, wait for it; it will not delay. That seems contradictory to me. Am I wrong? <laughs> well, maybe to not
1: delay forever. I mean, it will eventually. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: So we have to trust that it will. That it's coming at the right time. Yeah. I've heard people say
0: things like, God is always, God is never late. Have you ever heard that? What yeah. does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like he's late. His timing is always perfect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because
1: time is nothing different. I guess. I <laughs> do
0: more lamenting. I want on the lamenting. I'm a fan of the lamenting part. So uh, see the enemy is puffed up, his desires are not right, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. This is Habakkuk 2 4, and it's famous. Um, I assume if you've heard of you may have heard this before. If somebody has to tell you they're famous, they're not famous. But, so if I have to tell you this verse is famous, it may not be famous, but it is famous. Um <laughs> because it's quoted several times in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, Romans, uh, Galatians, we're going to look at that. Um, The righteous, and you can translate this, the righteous will live by faith, or the righteous will live by faithfulness. Um, Two possibilities. So, the sense in Habakkuk is that the righteous person, one who does what is right, and lives in a right relationship with God, that's what righteous means. Will live by his or her faith, that is a trusting relationship in God, that would be faith. And by doing what God calls him or her to do, that's the faithfulness idea. And it, it really includes both of those, so it's not just believing something, it's, it's got to be more active than just mental assent. Uh, but it's letting that affect how you act. Uh, that comes from Philip Camp, my colleague, whom I asked for commentaries on Habakkuk this week, and he sent me his notes. So I didn't have to read the commentary. <laughs> He's an Old Testament teacher. F.F. Um, Bruce, and his commentary, I got this from Philip's notes, says that here the emphasis is that patient and confident waiting for God to act. So faith in the sense of trust. Um... Golden another commentator says the passage is a call not to trust your eyes but to trust God so the righteous the one who is righteous will live by faith um, so Habakkuk is contrasting that with so there there is the Babylonians they're bad they will I'm going to use them to do my will they will be judged at a later date and your job is to trust. is to kind of hang in there through all of it. I, think. <laughs> I
1: guess. And the Babylonians were known as, they were ruthless.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the Assyrians in the same way, but the Babylonians, the same thing. They, they defeated the Assyrians and took over, <laughs> kind of doing the same types of things. Um, so in the New Testament, Romans 1.17, uh, Paul's talking about the gospel. And he says, For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith, that it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. And in Galatians 3.11, Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the one who is righteous will live by faith. So it seems to me that Paul is taking this principle that the righteous will live by faith, and he's using it in his own context to talk about why the gospel includes Gentiles as well as those who follow the Jewish law. Um, And I haven't thought through this enough. I mean, I'm confident my general way of thinking about how New Testament authors quote from the Old Testament Is to assume that they know the Old Testament as well or better than I know it, and so when a lot of people say, "Well, they take it out of context," and I think, in my experience, the more I've thought about what they're doing with it, I'm not. That's not my. That's not the way I I assume. I don't assume they're just pulling something that fits their point, like preachers tend to do, and we all do it as people sometimes. so I think, I haven't really figured out all the deepness of it, but at least it seems to me that this principle, I was taking this principle of it that the righteous will live by faith. This sense of trust and faithfulness. And in the, the argument of Romans and Galatians, he's saying that it's our faith, and our trusting in the faithfulness of Jesus and what He did in the Gospel that then allows us not to be, have to be Jewish, have to be follow the works of the Jewish law, as as the people in his congregation were saying. I mean there were it was kind of new times and they were like, no, the Gentiles they gotta be circumcised, they gotta keep the Sabbath, they gotta keep the food laws. And Paul's saying, no, you're not understanding God's whole plan was it's always been by faith. From faith to faith. He goes back to Abraham, says Abraham was declared righteous when he trusted Habakkuk says the righteous will live by faith. So he contrasts it to works of Torah. I think that, I don't think Habakkuk had that particular nuance in mind, but I still think the principle applies. That's my take. Does anybody have a off the top of your head thought on this? The one thing I was
1: thinking about is is he preparing? So they're going to be a remnant. I mean, yeah. their, their whole social environment that supports itself is going to be destroyed. And they're going to be moved all over the country. And they won't be in a community. And do you think that's saying? Uh, the way I was thinking about it was you're not going to have your fellowship in plan. So this is, you're going to have to live. Uh, more dependent on me as uh, being dependent on God because
0: you're not going to have your your people. Is that so? Yeah, and the same thing for that Paul saying to the Christians of his time is that God is creating a new community and we have to trust that this new community is kind of God's plan all along was to that's how God is going to, to use Abraham and when God calls Abraham he says I I will bless you so that you will bless all the nations. And so your community may change, may be different than what you expected, but this is kind of the way God works. Something like that? Yeah. Good. Okay. So he goes on to talk about um, the Babylonians, and that he's going to, this is what we call lex talionis in the Old Testament, is that, you know, eye for an eye, two for a tooth. And he's like, the Babylonians are bad, and they, they're they unjust, and they're violent, but they're going to get the same thing they give out. Um, I had a student on a discussion board the other day talk about, I believe in karma, they believe in karma. Oh. I mean, I understand that. I mean, there is something to what goes around comes around. But I just said, well, there's no grace in karma because... <laughs> but I, I like, I don't know. I like, like the time but it was better, I guess. Anyway. Um, so you have shed blood, but your blood will be shed. Um, Woe to him who builds his house by unjust gain, setting his nest on high to escape the clutches of ruin. Um... Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by injustice. Um, this verse fourteen, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, is also several times in Isaiah's in the book of Isaiah. Um
1: is the waters covering
0: the sea. Do yeah.
2: the sea yeah so isn't, isn't that similar to what with Noah like waters? I mean because that's basically it rains so much the water covered sea so. <laughs> so how
0: does the water cover the sea well the water is a sea but I mean it's just it covers all of it and so God's glory is the plan is for that to cover the whole world. So the trust is that God will bring justice. Um, Martin Luther King said, the arc of history is long, but it bends toward justice. Um, So that's that idea that it doesn't look just now, but the plan is that one day God's justice and glory will cover the whole world just like the water covers the sea, which is, it'll be everywhere. Um, something like that, does that make sense? Yeah. That's how I understand it. Yeah. And then a lot of times in the Old Testament, the just, um, a cup is a reference to the punishment. Like Jesus says this in the New Testament, "Let this cup pass from me. So it represents punishment, uh, drinking the cup that God gives you to drink. Um... And then he talks about them being, worshiping idols. What value is an idol crafted by a craftsman or an image that teaches lies? For the one who makes it trust in his own creation and makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to wood, come to life or to lifeless stone, wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There's no breath in it. And then another famous verse, uh, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. You guys heard that one before? It's a song. Yeah, we had a song. There was a measure of rest in that song that we never completely got to because we're uncomfortable with that much rest <laughs> and silence. And this is interesting, the context of this as well. Um, so um, in contrast to idols being who are silent because they're not real, they're just objects, Silence is demanded before God uh, who is alive and present. So there's a contract, there's some sort of play on the idea of silence. Um, so silence as a first act of worship, faithful waiting. Golden Gay says it's not about reverence and worship, but the silent submission that worship represents. Now that took me, I had to think about that for a while. So I'm interested to get your ideas on that. Um, it's not so the Lord is in his holy temple that all the earth keeps silent. For I know when we used to sing that song in church, I thought it was about okay, we got to be quiet. Um, it's kind of like a crowd control, <laughs> tiptoe, tiptoe, and God's house. We can sing in the This is crowd control, God's house. We got a tiptoe. I mean. Does that mean we gotta be silent uh, in worship? And so I think Golden Gay as a commentator, Old Testament scholar, says it's not about reverence and worship as much as about the silent submission that worship represents.
2: I think it also speaks to God acknowledging that he is going to be silent at times. That we're going to go through moments of life as clear about bills is that you're not answering. Them. Yeah. And I think it's that. How do you wait in that moment? How do you, as you say, faithfully wait in that moment, knowing that God's God is doing what He wants of us to do, like to be silent, just yeah. just be be okay in the tension.
1: Yeah. Well, it's too. Don't we need to be silent to hear God, too? Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we, we don't listen. <laughs> sometimes we just need to be still. Yeah. What do you see as the holy temple here?
0: Yeah, good question. So, in, in the context of contrasting it with idols, so the temple in Jerusalem represents... God's presence and there are parts of the Old Testament even when Solomon builds the temple he says I know that you don't live in a temple the whole, but it represents the fact that the whole earth is the temple so the Lord is in his holy temple but all the earth keeps silence so it has to be the whole earth something like that like a, the temple as a as a representation of God's presence on the earth, were
2: you thinking something along those you know, lines? I was
1: thinking of the New Testament. And God lives within yeah, us, okay. yeah. and, and
2: perhaps in contrast
1: to the idols, in um, you know, how people felt about them outside of themselves, God yeah. lives within us. We yeah. are His temple. I, I don't know if that was true in the Old Testament, but it certainly yeah, yeah, the to. way that's
0: that's interesting to think about, and the way I think about that in the New Testament is we are we are to be God's presence, yeah. faithful presence mm-hmm. among you know all the places that we are. Mm-hmm. We are God's representatives of God. We're supposed to be faithfully present in all those situations. Which they would be,
1: mm-hmm. if they were faithful during this time of. Disaster in yeah. conflict. If they were faithful, they would be, you know, exuding
0: God to other people, and yeah. you know, faithful, they were faithful to Him. Yeah. So back it starts off being complaining about the injustice within these people that are supposed to represent God. And God says, "Well, I'm going to bring this other nation to judge that." He's like, well, "I don't like that either." Mm-hmm. And God says, "Well, <coughs> I'm going to judge. I'm going to judge all injustice." but it's on my timing and not yours. Um, okay. So, I think one more chapter. So then Habakkuk ends with the prayer of Habakkuk the prophet and be aware that it's on shiggyo notes. <laughs>
2: And
0: just want you to know that.
2: that, opens up that, that, that why didn't everything
0: why didn't they translate that word? Because we don't know what it means. <laughs> it's it's like the word sila, which actually happened although the NIV doesn't translate it. Your, your version might have it a few times in this passage. It's a maybe a musical notation. Yeah horns up or horns down I don't know something like that <laughs> uh, but yeah I don't nobody's figuring that out um, Lord I've heard of your fame I send in all of your deeds um, repeat them in our day in our time make them known in wrath remember mercy so what he does here is he goes through the history of Israel makes references to things like the Exodus all these times when God has intervened in times of injustice and uses that history to say I trust that you will do something in the future. So we can just kind of scan through this. Um, The Exodus plagues may be referred to. The sun and moon stood still in the heavens. Um, So all these different times when God has intervened in Israel's Um, history—I don't know. I thought David and Goliath there, but that may not be right. Um, So then, the very end is. I heard and my heart pounded, my lips quivered at the sound, the decay crept in my bones and my legs trembled, yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. And then, though the fig tree does not bud, there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls yet, I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in God my Savior, the sovereign Lord is my strength, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer, enables me to tread on the heights. There's a book called Hind's Feet on High Places. anybody ever? Never read that book, but I'm always. I've seen it. I was I started to Google it last night and didn't forgot to. I'm curious about, but I know that's like oh I, that's what this is from. Um, I'm always amazed that deer. The way I would have said this is deer can run in the forest at night and not hit a tree. I'm like, how how do they do that? They like <laughs> in there and they're like. How do you not hit something? I mean, deer are amazing. It's amazing, uh, but you know they're they're they can go up on the heights. Uh, you know, you see a mountain go go up on the mountains and I'm like, how do they get up there? Um, but this uh, last part. Um, so, I mean, he says even if there's nothing, even if there's no fruit on a tree. Yet I will rejoice. I'll be joyful. This is, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Is this
2: really really? <laughs> but I, I think I, maybe I just look at all this through the life of David and I think when when his son passed away and it was in sackpox and ashes. And then once his son passed away, he got dressed. Yeah. You know, and it, it's not, it's not like he was happy at that moment. Mm-hmm. He just reached a place of acceptance. Yeah. And I, I, I think that when I rejoice in the Lord, we so often want to think rejoice of, like, the happy be, mm-hmm. be go lucky. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's what this is communicating. I think this is communicating, you know, I will still rejoice even though my heart is not there, and even though I am not emotionally accepting of where we are, I will still say, God, you are God, and I will rejoice in you no matter what happens. Yeah. Seems hard.
0: I mean, I, I love Walt Disney, <laughs> I <Yeah>. like <liking> <laughs> <laughs> I love Disneyland too, I mean, it's and they do, they do a great job of making our dreams come true.
1: Magical <laughs> moments,
0: we have had so many magical moments. We went to Disney all the summer and like, I'm like, wow, that was magical.
1: Why can't we do this all the time? <laughs> yeah.
0: What were you going to say?
1: Well, I like the movies because it leaves you with a good feeling in the end. Mm-hmm. And that, is why I like to watch movies. Um, but one thing that does seem positive—I mean, I sure don't want any kind of calamity or pain. But it, there's a, another thing that says when a door shuts, a window opens, and that. That seems true to me in my life. Okay. When you're within, there's a lot of bad things happening, and yet you survive. Yeah. And so, I do understand that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't think. No, no, you don't, we don't desire that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I
1: feel like this goes back to the foundation of faith. And even though I don't have you know, may not have anything, but I still have an underlying faith that I can say, yes, I will rejoice because I still have God. Yeah. May not have anyone else, but I still have God. Yeah. And I think all of us have been in situations where you feel like God may have forsaken us but it, 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 it tragedies or uh, unfortunate circumstances or whatever. So many live with that.
0: As long as you still have the foundation faith in Yeah. And that's when faith is most active. That's when it's most
2: relevant. I guess. Yeah. Is it possible is there a way in in the original text for us to know maybe the tone in which he's responding? Because a cynical person could see this as I'm not happy about any of this is going on, but okay, I'll wait patiently. I, I mean, there there can be a reading of it that's very cynical, of uh, yeah. pouting of almost all right. I'm going to do what God tells me to do, but I'm not happy about it. Yeah. And I think it's I think this is. Like, I'm, that reminds me of Jonah because there is some
0: similarities here where Jonah goes out to the mountain and waits to see what's going to happen to Nineveh. But he's more pouting because of what he actually does pout. You know, I'd rather die than live, but this is the way it's going to be. Um, so I get this is more of a positive side of the waiting and not, not a cynical, I'll just wait and see what happens. But um, trusting on the history of what God has done to say God's going to do something.
1: But, you know, sometimes people who have gone through a lot and they feel like God has left them and there's nothing left, you know, they turn from God. But many times people who have nothing left turn to God. Yeah. And that's where <coughs> the deathbed confessions in the and you, you think of the who was the Christian woman that lived through the Holocaust you know?
2: Yeah, 14, uh, Corey
1: Tinbun. And, um, it, you know, so many times when everything we've had and good stuff is stripped away, there is nothing but that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I know in Jewish history, this book of Habakkuk would have been significant in, in the Holocaust and concentration camps. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this type
2: of prayer would have been super I mean, sustaining. And even with Corey Chambone. She struggled with forgiveness. Like I mean, yeah. There's a an amazing story where she met one of her and she acknowledged him but didn't move on. Like she could yeah. not mm-hmm. just act like everything she couldn't have yeah. a Disneyland. Right. Marriage. she could not provide that for him. Isn't that kind of what pure in Spirit means? Is you just completely Yeah.
1: All your dependence is on God. It's like what, what uh said you just there's
0: nothing else. Yeah. And uh, we rely on God and then So Habakkuk uh, strikes a blow against the health and wealth, and against the God is our snap machine in the sky that we pull, we say the right prayers and we get what we want. Mm -hmm. Um, That view of God, that God's on my One of the things that's important to me is that all these challenges
1: and things that are being presented and that make happen, it may not be to each and every one. It'll be different things for different people because
0: you may have a challenge, and I'm like, what's the big deal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have that I'm in front So this is like overall, it does cover everything, but it isn't necessarily saying we're going to get all of this. Yeah. Right, and that's where it keeps coming yeah. out of like, okay, I see you're
1: having a challenge but I'm not. And I always tell you uh, <clears throat> in class where you talk about somebody has a terrible thing happening in their life, you had it too and you learned from yeah. it. So you go and talk to it. Yeah. But it isn't that whole
0: yeah. thing that's happening. Not that it couldn't happen, but not
2: That's where it. community really helps. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that this entire passage has been all about through no fault of Jerusalem, uh, no, no fault of Israel. Like, this is happening to them, and that's the fact that frustration, is the fact that you're adding insult to injury by bringing in the Babylonians, who are even worse. Like, what have we done? Yeah. Uh, there's no call to action. There's no call to repentance in this. Yeah,
0: that's
2: true. There's just a, just trust me. Yeah. You didn't do anything wrong. So just trust me. Did he say they didn't do anything wrong? Well, they did. They did
0: something wrong. Did. There was injustice, yeah. and God's using the Babylonians I think to correct exactly right right. that. Yeah. But yeah, so. But you the But there is a remnant, a righteous remnant who didn't do you anything. Know? Yeah.
2: Where is this in the history of Israel and Judah? Because I know Israel got. They take up by
0: the Assyrians, Seems, right? And then the Babylonians are on. You know, we don't know the exact date, but right. it, the Babylonians are the next world power in take over. So maybe after the fall of saying well, that the they, they see this. I don't know where this is. Is this in Jerusalem, down in, Cuba? This is and in Judah? They've seen that happen to yeah. mm-hmm. Israel. this. Yeah. I if that's, yeah. What that do and so they're lamenting that as well, maybe. I, I just if, didn't know if yeah. they had seen the wickedness up there, and then it seems like it, because the thing about it, it could have been revealed to back before Babylon was ever a blip on the radar. But it's more likely that they were already, they knew about them. And so. um, I'll just leave. I know we're out of time, but just with a few questions um, that came up to me. We've talked about them, I think, all. Um, Faithful waiting does not mean just inactivity. So how do we order our lives to conform to God's purposes when those purposes are mysterious? So still there's some mystery to what God's doing. God's just, but it's mysterious about how he brings about the justice. Permission to question God. And then, you know, Golden Gate says if God used only righteous people, then God cannot work through people at all. So um, is it really shocking that God uses... The unrighteous, if he's going to work. So, something like that. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. We talked about Habakkuk, just fun to say. <laughs> Habakkuk, or something like that in Hebrew. <laughs> Habakkuk. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, everybody.